1: Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. You are listening to episode number 179 here on KSL News Radio, this program here, Live Mike. Uh, a little bit of Live Mike trivia. Uh, I, I know you're starving for that kind of stuff, right? You, you love the behind. Well, uh, it's important to me. I, I, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, it was one year ago today exactly that I auditioned for this job. Uh, I think, I think, I hope. I'm doing a little better today than I was on audition day. I mean, I I did, I guess, uh, well enough to be given the job way back then. But uh, exactly one year ago today, I was sitting behind this microphone and you and I were hanging out at this time of day uh, for the very first time. So uh, for me, at least, a little milestone uh, for you. Just another day on the calendar, I'm sure. uh, But but pretty cool thing. A year ago, uh, you and I were getting acquainted for the very first time and here we are. Uh, A year later. All right, there is a new analysis from the World Health Organization. It finds that cheap, widely available steroid drugs have helped reduce deaths among the severely ill, those suffering from uh, the coronavirus, and it's shedding uh, more light on the path to treating the virus. The analysis was published in the journal of the American Medical Association just yesterday, and it looked at seven clinical trials involving over 1,700 patients. It found that steroids uh, helped reduce mortality among those severely ill. The findings uh, confirmed an earlier study in June, uh, which it concluded that the drugs reduced deaths uh, in the seriously ill patients by a third. By a third. And now uh, the World Health Organization has issued new recommendations uh, for the use of steroid treatment for uh, seven to 10 days in, quote, patients with severe and critical COVID-19. It also uh, recommended not to use the treatment in patients with non-severe cases of the disease, given that the current data indicated they, they wouldn't likely derive uh, benefit and may even uh, derive some harm. So this, uh, the steroidal treatment is for the uh, the most seriously ill. To talk a little bit about this and a few other issues, I have been very much looking forward to this conversation. Returning to the program is Dr. Miriam Bishop, an ER doctor practicing in Logan and Brigham City. Uh, doctor, how are you? Welcome back to the program.
2: Fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. There yeah. are lots of folks glad that you got the job a year ago. Well,
1: yeah. that's, that's very kind of you to say. <laughs> very, 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 very yeah. kind. <laughs> uh t- tell me uh, on this uh on this steroid use w- what have you observed
2: Well you know doctors have used steroids for a long time for lots of different things but the kind of steroid that they're describing are called corticosteroids and they're super they're they're a great tool and uh that we use for reducing inflammation in all kinds of different uh illnesses so including like respiratory and lung illnesses and so you know, when COVID, you know, came on the scene, we were all very curious about whether or not steroids would be effective in the treatment of COVID.
1: And you've seen you've seen a positive benefit. Now, listen, I'm a layman. I don't know about stuff. I hear steroids and I think of, uh, you know, guys at the gym. Uh, totally yeah. d- totally different thing here, right?
2: Yeah. So uh, there are lots of different kinds of steroids. And the two that people know the most about, one would be anabolic steroids. You know, those are the, the kind of bulked up people at the gym or the people who are trying to you know use you know doping and 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 different kinds of drugs to improve you know sports and and anabolic steroids are are just kind of a molecule that looks a lot like um male sex hormones like testosterone okay. but the other kind of steroid and the the steroids that the that the, the other most common steroid is and the kind that the study is talking about are corticosteroids and they're things like decadron or dexamethasone is the other name for it prednisone solumedrol, cell they, they work in a in a different way in the body, and um, their, their, their primary use is to help stop inflammation.
1: And with these uh, severely ill COVID patients, what exactly is inflamed that the steroids help to reverse?
2: Yeah, pr- probably lots of things. So, so what happens when someone gets sick with an infection is that you have a trauma that's suffered by the infection itself, by the virus or the bacteria. You know, in this case, like you contract COVID and and that infection, like, sets up shop in your lungs, in your heart, you know, in all kinds of places we're learning. But then after the infection takes hold, it causes a lot of inflammation. You know, almost in the same way, like, you can, you can trip and fall and sprain your ankle, and then a few minutes later, it's grossly swollen. Yeah. And most of that's from the inflammation that happens after the trauma. And so, you know, um, you know, with COVID, we've been curious about, you know, that inflammatory process that happens in the lungs after the initial infection, You know, would steroids help it? And these studies are saying, yeah, they will.
1: All right. Very good. That's great uh it's a wonderful explanation and I I understood it and I feel like a doctor now uh maybe not quite I got about 11 and a half years to, to go in the train uh, let's for a moment talk about hospitalizations I have been uh, via the state's website keeping track of uh, you know how many Utahs are at any given moment currently hospitalized with the the covid 19 the state's website also breaks down uh, those who are in the ICU. You and I have seen uh, fairly steadily over the past uh, number of weeks uh, that that number uh, declining. I, I saw a peak of uh, just over 200 statewide, and uh, now I think we're in the 120s. W- w- have you observed a similar decline in, in in the hospitals in which you work?
2: Um, a, a little bit. You know, uh, our cases were climbing, and I can only speak for the places where I work. Sure. But you know, we were seeing more and more sick people coming out of the spring and then into the summer you know through june and the start of july and then as kind of some mask mask wearing mandates were put in place and also people just got more comfortable wearing them and thinking that it was a good idea uh, we have seen fewer patients in the hospital and the, the the fewer patients that we see the fewer that there are that go on and get sick and need icu care because it, it, it's a long process. If if you're exposed on day one, it takes five to 14 days for you to develop symptoms. After you develop symptoms, it can be another two or three weeks before you're sick enough to need hospital care. So there's this lag time. You know, people who were exposed, you know, for example, on Memorial Day ended up in hospital and in ICUs like at the 1st of June. Yeah. And so I think probably part of what you're observing in those lower numbers in hospitals goes back to where we were a month ago and where we were a month behind that, mm. you know, with, with the push to start mask wearing so that kids can go back to school. You know, let, let's make a few sacrifices for our kids. And, and so then about a month later, that translates into different data that we see in the hospital and different people that I take care of. I see. So, Yeah, that lag time is kind of interesting.
1: That makes sense, yeah. Uh, The last topic I want to touch on, last week the CDC uh, shared data showing that about 140,000 people uh, who had died of COVID-19 had a second cause of death listed, while just 6% of those uh, causes of death were listed as coronavirus alone. Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, explained a, a little bit about that. The point that the CDC was trying to make, was that a certain percentage of them had nothing else but just COVID. That does not mean that someone who has hypertension or diabetes who dies of COVID didn't die of COVID-19. They did. As someone who has filled out a death certificate, what does this all mean?
2: So, you know, Dr. Fauci is absolutely right. So the first thing I would say for folks who haven't seen death certificates is that I would say... (laughs) 95 to 100 percent of them that I've ever filled out have more than one cause of death or that I've read um, have more than one cause of death and that's because these death certificates are designed to tell a story and so for for example um, if someone like like a cause of death might be myocardial infarction which is a fancy name for a heart attack but that's caused by coronary artery disease which means clogged arteries and that's caused by Hyperlipidemia, which means high cholesterol, and that's exacerbated by hypertension. So, so which is high blood pressure. So, so you're trying to tell a story of how all these different underlying illnesses led to, you know, the person finally dying from the one thing. Um, with COVID, what that means is that um, if people have underlying illnesses like hypertension and asthma or emphysema or COPD or diabetes. They have a harder time fighting off COVID, and so they're more susceptible to it, and it beats them up a lot more. And so they may die of COVID, but that's in a setting of having all these other things that made them sicker from COVID if they wouldn't have been had they not had those other things.
1: Makes but, perfect sense.
2: Yeah. The, the, the one other thing I would say is that COVID also causes other problems. Right. And so COVID causes pneumonia. COVID causes heart failure. COVID causes um pericarditis which is an inflammation of the heart covid causes pneumonia and so you you might and it causes respiratory failure so on a covid uh death certificate it might say something like cause of death respiratory failure caused by pneumonia caused by you know um uh the uh, pulmonary inflammatory issues caused by covid yeah, I see. right so yeah so it's when when that news came out doctors were kind of like yeah Mm-hmm. So, like, like it just was, it was exactly what we expected it to be and what we've been seeing, but I understand why it was confusing for people who don't routinely. You know, look at death certificates or know how they work.
1: Well, Dr. Marion Bishop, we're going to have to leave it at that. Our time has expired. Thank you for explaining th- these issues. Uh, I-, I look forward to speaking to you again. You're able to put these things in a way that I can understand, and I believe the listener understands as well. Thank you for your time, and more than that, thank you for your uh, service as a doctor. You are uh, quite literally uh, providing a service which saves lives. Thank you for, uh, for your time again here today.
2: Oh, you're so welcome, and thank you.
1: Uh, My pleasure. Uh, We're going to take a break here. When we return, we're going to set our sights on the University of Utah. There, about an hour ago, was a protest. There were a handful of students who got together with two pretty simple demands. Abolish the university's police department and the president must resign. Why are they calling for this? And I'm going to tell you why they're off base and out of line. That's next on Live Mike.